You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 83. This is the second part of a mini series with my beautiful friend, Rosie Rees, sex and relationship coach, also the mother of Yoni Pleasure Palace and also referred to as the Yoni Queen. We're talking about orgasms. If you haven't checked out episode 82, go back and listen to that where we spoke about G-spot orgasms and squirting. In this episode, Rosie shares about the three gateway orgasms. There are many different types of orgasms, but the three core in order are your clitoral orgasm, your G-spot orgasm, and then the cervical orgasm. I know when I had my first cervical orgasm experience, which I do share here in this episode, um, I really was like, what is this? I need to learn more. Now, I know there are many women out there who don't know much about the cervix, let alone the cervix in reference to sex or sexual experience or self-pleasure. So... As I like to do, uncover topics that are not often talked about. I invited Rosie again, and this is part two of your orgasm series. In this episode, we delve into what is the cervix and where is it? What are cervical orgasms? We also talk about the connection between your heart and the cervix, which can help amplify your orgasmic experience. She also gives us some beautiful guiding steps on a cervical orgasm and how to have one tips about how to enhance your all over orgasmic experience. And she also shares some really beautiful stories and experiences of her own, not to mention some really good guiding tips about how to rebuild a great relationship with your yoni. Now, if you would like to learn more about some of the pleasure wands and tools that Rosie shares throughout this episode, head to this episode's show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast and just search episode 83 or Rosie Rees. Now, In that, you'll also find a discount code for the Yoni Pleasure Palace and direct links to the tools that she shares throughout this episode. So if you want to get a visual of what she's talking about, head to the show notes and you'll be able to find it. All right. I'm really excited to share this episode with you and I can't wait to hear your feedback. This episode is brought to you by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week and for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. Now, to say thank you for being an amazing listener of the Well Women podcast, I have a discount code for you. Use Cycle Love at the checkout to save 20% off. Rosie, my beautiful friend, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, as always. You're a star guest. I love having you on the show. Because we talk about such beautiful topics that need to be normalised in a very unnormal world. (laughs) So (laughs) 
This episode is all about cervix orgasms. And if you haven't yet tuned into our previous episode last week with Rosie, we spoke about squirting and G-spot orgasms. And then before that, in episode 76, we spoke all about orgasms, vibrators, and pleasure wands. Now, Rosie, what would you call these three topics? So we have, essentially, we have three gates to female orgasm. I, I believe we actually have hundreds of different orgasms available to us um, to be, I feel like every part of the human body can be orgasmic, mm, but yes. in terms of our genitals, we have the, the gate, gate number one is the clitoris, gate number two is the G spot. And then gate number three is the cervix, right? So that's the deepest um, orgasm that we can possibly have. It's like the, if you think about it, <clears throat> it's the deepest part of our body that we can reach really. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very, I don't know if you've had a cervical orgasm, Gemma, and I'd love to know more about that, but it, it is a very um, full bodied experience. So not that you don't have a full bodied experience when you have a clitoral orgasm or a G spot orgasm, but when you have a cervical orgasm, because it's the space of the cervix is so internal, so deep inside your body, you feel it throughout your whole body. And you do feel it throughout your whole body. I will agree as uh, yes, I have had experiences with cervical um, orgasms. It's interesting. They're so different. And I think even just the process of having like, so I've never had a cervical orgasm on my own. It's always been through penetrative sex um, with a partner and I really feel that the lead up to a cervical orgasm is completely different to a G-spot squirting orgasm and to a clitoral orgasm too. Like, like you were saying, they really are such, you can't even compare them because they're just mm. in totally different worlds. And if I could describe it for everyone listening to kind of tease you, if you've never had one of these before, is that it's, I find a slower, deeper connection and it not just connects with the yoni and having an orgasm that feels great and it could be hot and sexy, so to speak, but I really feel it's all about love and compassion. And I really sense it opens up like my crown chakra and I literally feel, you could say Kundalini awakening, the energy line from, you know, the base of your perineum all the way up through your body, through your center <laughs> axis, right through the tip of your head. It's just kind of like, whoa. And afterwards your mind is on like a trip. Like you're just so disconnected with everything that has happened and you can, yeah, that's my experience anyway. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting you know. away thinking about it. <laughs> it is, it is quite a psychedelic like spiritual experience. Mm. And it's interesting that you said about how you feel like the Kundalini energy rise up in your body and you feel like it starts obviously in the yoni, but it, it travels and it opens up your crown. Um, the, there's a nerve called the vagus nerve and it connects from the, basically the brain stem, the back of the brain, all the way down the back of the head, um, through the abdomen, all the way down to the cervix. And that's what makes it so sensitized. Um, a lot of doctors seem to think that it's a quite a numb space. And obviously, you know, when we have pap smears and that kind of thing, maybe you don't feel the full spectrum of the sensation of somebody touching you there. However, it's, you can still feel it, right? And the more sensitized we are, the more um, sensation we feel there, right? So it can feel very painful for some people and it can feel very pleasurable. And mine used to feel incredibly painful. 
um, when I was having sex with people, it would sort of hit the cervix and I would literally feel almost sick. It felt, you know, it just felt too deep, too vigorous, too hard or harsh. Um, and again, it wasn't until I started delving into self-pleasure and using my yoni egg and connecting to myself in a way that was, you know, less goal oriented in, in my self-pleasure practice, where, when I started to feel pleasure in the cervix, I actually started what I call a de-armoring practice. And because I feel like there was so much hardness in my cervix, it was so, um, it was painful. And it wasn't until I started to massage the cervix with um, a pleasure wand because my, my little fingers don't reach that high. Well, they can sometimes at different parts, times in my cycle, but actually pressing on my cervix and um, allowing myself to release emotion that was stored in my cervix from, I mean, who really knows what? We don't, we don't even need to mentally know what is being stored there, but often we can feel quite a lot of um, trauma or emotional or numbness or emotional response in that space. So yeah, when I started to bring uh, touch to that space in a way that wasn't needing to have an orgasm or anything like that, it was just to release emotion. That's when I started to resensitize my cervix and I started to have cervical orgasms. Mm, I would agree that I only had cervical orgasms after I started the yoni egg practice. Um, I'd already had like squirting G-spot, like clitoral orgasm experiences, but never a cervical experience. And <laughs> it's going to sound bizarre, but when you're having, and like, I'm, I'm a heterosexual relationship woman. And, you know, if I'm having penetrative sex with a male, it kind of has to be the perfect glass slipper, you know, like the fit just has to be just right. You know, having sex with someone who's you know too big for you or not big enough can be really uncomfortable and i think that that also provides you know you feeling like you're in a safe space and therefore you can open up and you know what there's a lot that goes into it but for me my first experience was with um, um with a partner and he was like did you just have a cervix orgasm i was like a what orgasm <laughs> i was like a what i didn't even know he's like i'm pretty sure you just had like a cervix orgasm. And he was like, all right, we need to stop. This is like really, really good. And I was just like, sorry, what did you say? <laughs> so what? Well, is... that's right. It's the... No, you go. You go. Oh. Well, yeah, it's just this, it's the first time you have a pleasurable experience from your cervix being touched with a partner. It is groundbreaking and, and it is like, wow, I've never had that before. Um, I don't think... I think the cervix is a space in the body that can't be rushed and it opens and it blossoms and it flowers when it's ready and it needs a lot of uh, time and presence and the penetration, if it's too hard too soon, it's honestly, the cervix is going to either like almost hide and the cervix does, it, it kind of hides away, it hardens and at different times, and it's important that we know what our cervix is doing at different times in our cycle, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, my partner, when she's ovulating, it's interesting, we're the opposite. When she's ovulating, I can't go anywhere near her cervix. It's so, like, almost too sensitive. Whereas when I'm ovulating, you can, it's almost like flicking. I can't, I don't even know. It's like the, the cervix, it feels like a donut and it's shaped like a donut. 
it doesn't feel like a donut. It's shaped like a donut. It feels like the end of your nose. And when you, you can flick the cervix or rub it or press it or whatever you want to do. But when I, my cervix is flicked, it, it just, it's this ripple that goes through my whole body, especially when I'm around ovulation. Whereas when I'm about to bleed, I don't go anywhere near my cervix. It's so sensitive. It's kind of a bit, you know, swollen. Um, whereas my partner, she prefers, she can have cervical stimulation around, just around when she's going to bleed. So it is important to know where is your cervix? What is it doing? Is it, if it's hiding away and it's hardened, it might not want to be touched. So it is important to use your fingers to see if you can feel it inside of you first, um, just to see what's going on. They are really good points. And I want to ask the question, like, where is the cervix? I know where the cervix is, but a lot of women don't know where the cervix is. And I think one, like, where would you, how would you describe where the cervix is? So the cervix is at the very end of the vaginal canal and it's the gateway between the vagina and the uterus. Okay. So it's basically the place where you're, so when you give birth, your cervix dilates, it opens if you're having a vaginal birth um, to release the baby. It also opens just a tiny bit to release through um, obviously menstrual blood and ovulation fluid and that kind of thing. But for the most part, your cervix is closed. So it'll feel like there'll be like a little indent or a little slit or a hole. Um, and then it's surrounded by like a ring of flesh, right? Like soft, squishy, like I said, like the, the texture of your nose, like the end of your nose. So it feels like some women have kind of put their finger in and thought they've got something wrong with them. Um, so I really do invite you to feel your cervix. It might feel really round for other women will feel, especially if you've given birth a few times, it'll be much bigger and it'll have more of a, like a slit rather than a little hole. Um, so it does change with birth. And mm. in fact, a lot of women say after birth, they feel more orgasmic in their cervix. Isn't that interesting? Well, I look forward to that experience. Yes. <laughs> I, I like to, knowing what it already feels like, I feel like <laughs> I look forward to that experience. Um, I like to describe, I guess, where it is, is if you're wearing a tampon, your tampon kind of sits up and then meets the cervix. And if you're wearing a menstrual cup, like you, your menstrual cup will insert and the cervix might like just sit inside the cup or the edge or the roof, the roof, the lid, the, the hmm the cup and then it suctions up against the cervix yeah and i find (laughs) if you put your cup in and it's it's not incorrectly your cervix will be to one side of it and so i like to like put my finger in and like run my finger around the cup to make sure it's fully open and if you've never used a menstrual cup you can also find those on the only pleasure palace and there's a link in the show notes for it um so now that we know where the cervix is how would a woman have a cervix orgasm if she's never had a cervix orgasm before? I'm the same as you, Gemma. I had my first cervix orgasm with a partner. Um, I, in saying that when I was much younger and I was very explorative with myself, I would have blended orgasms, which is basically a clickgasm, but everything inside me would contract as well. So I guess I was having vaginal orgasms, but I certainly didn't really know what was happening in my body. So I guess the first time I had my first conscious cervical orgasm was with a partner and it was during sex. It was feeling the penetration against my cervix and feeling a ripple of orgasmic energy in my body rather than feeling that contraction. And like, I want to punch my partner in the face because it's so painful to be penetrated there. <laughs> I want to punch. I'm going to punch <laughs> you in the face, right? It's really sore. Oh, it's, and I think most women can, Test right about as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, it, and there's an experience that I had recently with my partner where I literally felt like I was on a drug high. So I hadn't had a clitoral orgasm. I hadn't had a G-spot orgasm, but my partner was stimulating me with her hand and I, my whole body, I, my back was arching back. My heart was open. My throat was open. I was making lots of sounds and I had wave after wave, like literally you, she could see the waves of Kundalini of orgasmic energy running through my body and it, they just kept going and going and it's almost like my hips had a mind of their own they were grinding on her hand essentially and I feel like I literally left my body but in a beaut like a in, in a euphoric way like I was still in my body but I feel like I was having a spiritual experience like an acid experience. trip or something oh. out of body experience and she, it was, she was just massaging and flicking and putting pressure on my cervix. And I, even after that whole experience, which I just never wanted to end, like literally it could have gone for hours. <laughs> I, I think we had to go pick up Kenzie from daycare. I remember walking to, day, like, to the daycare, which is about five minutes down the road, and I was floating. I feel like I was still in an orgasmic state four hours after that mm. experience. And you do not get that from a clitoral orgasm or a, you can from a G-spot orgasm, but from a cervical orgasm, those energy waves will still like flow Ripple through your free. body hours after the experience. Yeah. I agree. There, I just, everyone needs to experience, not everyone, but everyone with a cervix needs to experience at some stage a cervical orgasm because they're just so extremely different, right? So extremely different. But a lot of women can struggle. Like I didn't experience mine until I was in my 30s. So with women who have never experienced one, what are some things that stop women from experiencing, like some blocks that stop women from experiencing cervical orgasm? And, and then let's talk about how could we open up the ex to the experience? Mm. the first thing that's just coming to my mind right now is open heart open yoni mm -hmm. open heart open yoni um in taoist sexual reflexology the cervix relates directly to the heart so there's different spaces in this in the vaginal canal that relate to different organs in the body and the cervix relates directly to the heart organ right so <coughs> When our heart feels cherished, opened, activated, seen, uh, if it feels like a sense of belonging with yourself, it just even with yourself, but if, especially with a partner, naturally it's, it's going to, to open. Like the heart, if the heart's open, the yoni will open, the cervix, let's say, okay? So I feel like for starters, just like, before even going to the cervix, go to the heart first, like massage, get in a real regular routine, ritual practice of massaging your breasts in a way that is seeing them, looking at them in the mirror, touching them, feeling them, accepting them, embracing them, feel, you know, feeling, even just holding your breasts and just seeing how they feel because often parts of your body will hold an energy. Um, they might feel cold or numb. They might feel, sad or grief or resentment and and really move that energy through the body 
And then, you know, when you are having penetration, if you feel, and this is with yourself or a partner, if you feel the need to cry or to release emotion or tears, let yourself, because that's the cervix. That is the link, the cervix heart link. When I've had my first orgasm, uh, cervical orgasm, I bawled my eyes out. I burst my, into tears. I was so wild. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, <laughs> luckily I was with the partner that really held space for me and didn't make me feel weird. Didn't stop either. Like he knew that like, he wasn't, didn't just keep going. He obviously checked in with me, but I didn't want him to stop what he was doing. I needed to run the energy of sadness. And I was, it was a deep morning. And it was almost for me, it was a morning of, oh, I can't believe I've never experienced this before. I can't believe I've let anyone into my temple, into my yoni, who hasn't brought this much reverence as this man did at the time. So it was like this real, almost like this forgiving of myself for allowing anyone into my yoni temple that wasn't reverent and respectful. And even for myself, you know, as well, if I haven't respected myself. So let the tears flow. That is the, that is the cervix connection. And if you, it's, it's like a literal direct link to the heart space. So I don't feel like I ever had a cervical orgasm before him because I don't actually feel like I was properly maybe feeling safe Mm. and open and completely in love with someone until I met him. And it goes to like, goes to, back to those emotions that you shared that feeling opened, cherished, activated, seen, heard, supported. When you're like that, you can literally completely let go. I feel like when you're in that space, you're more likely to have, you know, a G spot squirting orgasm, but you're also more likely to have a cervical orgasm. And when you feel supported, you feel okay to cry and wail. And mm-hmm. I was the same. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is it? I feel amazing. But why am I crying? Yes. Um, but what a release to welcome more of that into your life too. It's erotic. I, mm-hmm. I don't see getting angry or feeling sad or crying as yucky emotions. I feel like it's a highly erotic experience to cry, to sob and to be penetrated with total respect and reverence and presence from a partner, that's when you're going to have an or- a cervical orgasm. It doesn't really have too much, like with the G spot orgasm, clitoral stimulation is kind of a bit necessary, but with cervix, it's literally just cervix. Like, yes, you can massage the, the clitoris, but it's really more of an internal, deep, expansive drug, ex- drug high experience. Um, that you can, that I did end up having with myself after having it with somebody. So, you know, I, I feel like had I, again, had I known that this was possible, didn't even know these were possible. Um, I'm potentially would have had them with myself many years ago. Um, but yeah, it's definitely possible. And this, the toy that I, uh, was able to have it with was the, the Eros, which is a really thick, long, bulbous pleasure wand that reaches the cervix and it's a crystal it, wand too. Kind so of it a has rep- a different weight to a glass wand. Yeah. It's, it's quite heavy. Mm. Um, and it's rose quartz, which is the, the stone of 
heart space. So for me, having a rose quartz pleasure wand and using it in a way, it's not like you're really like um, going hard and rough with yourself. It's actually quite a really slow, rhythmic, like you're getting into a trance kind of experience. Like trance dance, you could say. Yeah, definitely. I definitely would say that um, for a lot of, I guess, especially if you're thinking like of porn, and I feel like every adult's seen some kind of porn at some stage, (laughs) even if it's like pop-up ad porn on your computer, like everybody's seen some kind of porn. (laughs) But I think the speed has so much to do with it. I think that, you know, sometimes if the speed is faster or harder or it's, you know, a little bit more, um, I guess, a different form of erotica, as opposed to slow and connected and supportive, even though you can be supportive in the other state, it just opens up a different aspect of your emotions. And therefore I've, I always feel so supported in that. And that's where I've always been able to have, you know, a, a cervical orgasm. Um, and I actually think, and I'll just share this, but we were just chatting offline or off recording. I think it was the last episode 76 and I was telling you about how I had a cervical orgasm from behind Mm. and it was so slow like probably like like one of the slowest sex you know I've I've had in a long time but it was that whole transcendent feeling where you just feel out of body but completely like hugged and supported at the same time and it just goes to show that your cervical orgasm doesn't have to be in just one position. So if a woman is wanting to explore this with a partner, what are the, like, what are good positions to try and have a cervical orgasm with? Well, honestly, the, the doggy style position for a woman is the best for cervix because it really opens up the vagina and it lengthens the vagina as well so you can receive the penis the dildo finger whatever f- more from that angle um mm. and you're on your hands and knees and, and it's just a bit more like yeah you can you can take more in in that um and it, it directly targets the cervix whereas if you're on your back you know often that can be more for um g-spot and it is good to be able to see your partner though in saying that. So it is nice to kind of really have your legs up quite high. Um, and that, that opens up the vagina as well. And it's nice to be able to look your partner right in the eyes while they're penetrating you with a strap on with a penis, whatever it is. Um, so you feel really seen. Okay. And you feel really safe. So I'd probably start with that. Um, if you feel a bit of a fear of being seen, start with the doggy and then, you know, turn over and, and definitely try the other way. Um, yeah, that they I mean, that they're the two positions that I've had them. So I can't really comment on too many more that I can think of right now. <laughs> I'm probably going to think of one later, <laughs> but I just love that every woman's yoni is so different and every penis is so different and every, um, orgasm experience is so different. So there's never, two of the same there's no identical twins yeah and there's there's actually just one experience that's popped into my mind and I knew it was there um and I really invite anyone who's listening to this to explore this so and it it is a cervical orgasm but it's also a transcendental orgasm something that really takes you almost like up to your third eye and so what we did was this is when I was with a male partner and I was on my back he was so we were basically in missionary 
and he was going quite slow and rhythmic with his penetration. And I instructed, and he was pretty open-minded, but he didn't really know what we were doing. And I instructed him to put his thumb in my mouth and on press roof. on the upper, the roof of my mouth, um, which is known as to be a, a portal, right? Like a, a spot in the body that um, when you do the microcosmic orbit and that kind of thing, it, it's, it's an anchor point. Um, and what I was tapped on my third eye. And I think I might've had my other hand massaging, not rubbing vigorously, but massaging my clitoris. And so I had cervix, clitoris, my mouth, and I was tapping my third eye and I, we were just both making whatever sounds, you know, organically wanted to come out of our mouth. And when I reached orgasm and I don't even know what, like I can't even pinpoint exactly because I feel like it was a whole body. It wasn't localized just to my genitals. I had the energy, the orgasmic energy as I was breathing and sounding moved up and actually it felt like a firework came out of my third eye. So that's something that you can really try with your partner. If you're open-minded, try pressing on the roof of your mouth and tapping on the third eye or you can tap on the heart or you can Mm. tap on the throat or the crown or the power center, like wherever you want to direct your energy in the experience, in the sexual experience with yourself or with a partner, bring that tapping, that energy, that presence to that space. And it will literally, it will travel there. Don't try not to go off into fantasy land or off into like thinking of something that's really kinky, really try to keep your presence in the moment, in the present moment and where you're um, tapping. That alone is a beautiful act in just bringing yourself back to presence so in the moment rather than be like oh this is the what we're going to try next or this is what we want to do you know next time or what like she's i forgot to put this on for dinner or whatever it might be but just staying really really present um is a challenging act but the i feel the more present you are the more orgasmic it is yeah and it's and it can be hard to refrain from going into fantasy land when you're orgasming, but I feel like with cervical orgasms, there's no space to be up in your head fantasizing mm. about something. <laughs> there isn't any space. You, with clitgasms, you can <laughs> fantasize away. Like, it's just no space. But with, <coughs> with cervical orgasms, you really need to be all in. Mm. Body, mind, soul. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers, together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and lots more. This is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's like no other in the world. Not to mention, it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. I also, something that just came up for me when you were sharing that is I think that if you're looking to amplify just your connection with yourself, 
but then also your connection with a partner sexually. And I'm not the sex coach here, but I think it's really important to know your love languages. You know, it, I was just, when you were saying about the roof, the thumb on the roof of your mouth, I'm like physical affection is like my top love language. And I love to be held. I'm not, I don't enjoy being like super hardcore choked. <laughs> Here we are, Jim is opening up about a sexual life. <laughs> but I do love to have my neck held and feel really, or like, you know, if it is doggy style from behind or even laying down from behind, I like to really be held and have like arms all around me. Mm. And that makes me feel like I, I just relax so much into that. And that's because I'm aware of what my love language is. And I think that if your love language is words of affirmation and you like that open communication, <clears throat> I'd say that'd be important, like to have that through that process to help you come to that orgasmic experience am i off track here or is that no just- it's funny that you said because my love language is words and when she's talking to me that's when i that's when i get the most turned on not with just her with any partner i've been with where as soon as they start talking to me whether it's dirty or whether it's just like describing what's happening i'm like tell me more like i really love to hear that um whereas you know yeah if somebody's more touched they need that so the choking thing is interesting because when you're being restricted here in your throat, <coughs> naturally that's like the yoni starts to restrict as well. Like there's this direct correlation when this is being choked and constricted, your yoni almost has the same kind of experience. So that can actually bring a lot of women um, to orgasm just from that experience alone. Wow. So interesting. You know, what's funny this is getting really open, Gemma. <laughs> I love it. I just like having my, it's just going to sound so fucking bizarre, but I'm going to say it anyway. Nothing's weird. But I me. just, I feel that like having my, my, like sometimes I'll even just hold, like I'm doing it right now. Cause you can't, people listening can't see me. I'll just hold my neck. And I, I always feel that when, as a child, I loved having my dad, and there's so many photos of this, me leaning into his arm and being on his forearm and him just holding me on my neck, like just that being the support. And so maybe as a child, that's how I felt supported. And so for me, that feeling like even if I'm just driving in the car with a partner and then they reach over and they put their hand and they just put cup the back of my neck instantly, like he could not say anything to me for four days. And I'm like, I know. And I still feel supported just by that action. Mm. So that comes down to body awareness and understanding your own body and understanding your own pleasure, because that's obviously pleasurable to me. And if that's important to me, I need to communicate it. So I guess this really comes back to self-pleasure. As does Yes. Very interesting. So like wherever your hands go when you're having sex or when you're self-pleasuring or whatever, that's where you need to be channeling energy. Um, or it's, it's interesting. So like when I sometimes when during sex, I'll have my hands on my head. I'll, I'll just be doing this or like naturally my hands just gravitate up to my head and I, I can never orgasm if I'm touching my head. In fact, it's like wherever your hands go, that's where your energy is really. And so I will become aware of that and be like, oh, my hands are in my head. No wonder I'm like, in my head, I'm in my head and I can't mm. orgasm and I'll drop my hands down and I'll usually start with my belly, my solar plexus, my sacral chakra. And then usually I, it'll always be around my heart space. And then, like you said, occasionally I'll even do this to myself as well. Um, but yeah, notice where your 
hands go during sex or self-pleasure because that might indicate where your energy is flowing. That's a really good little to-do task for everyone listening. Next yeah. Time you're in a sexual experience. Just becoming more observant. Yes, being really observant. And oh, I just always love our conversations, Rosie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so many, I just think of so many things right now. Um, but yeah, they're, they're such great tips. And I really feel that every woman, and I can't speak for a male because I'm not a male, but every body ultimately wants to have a deeper, more connected, more orgasmic experience sexually. You know, I, I, I don't know anyone who doesn't want to do that. No. Um, and it just comes back to really embracing yourself and where your attention go or where your mind goes, your attention flows. And, and so if you're wanting your attention to come back into having more presence and maybe being more orgasmic, then your attention needs to go there too. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, that this comes back to self-pleasure. Um, we have an amazing toy or a couple of amazing yes, toys. Yes, let's talk about self-pleasure for yes. how we can the self-pleasure cervix. for the cervix. The cervix yes. now, just to like, I guess, not warn women, but just it's not as easy to have a cervical orgasm, okay? Like sometimes the stars have to align and sometimes you need to be at the right point in your cycle and you need to feel more open. Like it doesn't, you can't just push one out. Like it really d- requires presence and surrender but it does also help to have something that you can reach your cervix because i'll just say that like some vaginas are quite short in length other vaginas are six 14 to 16 centimeters long so you need to have something that is quite long (coughs) that reaches the cervix that is body safe that is non-porous um that is firm now you can use you know your i grew up well my my the first part of my sexual life when I was 18, 19, 20, I used vibrators. I used silicon dildos, rubber dildos, anything I could get my hands on. I didn't really know the difference. You know, I just liked I love you like anything I could get my hands on. <laughs> yeah. Carrots, still, you know, <laughs> cucumbers, literally I tried everything. Barocca tins, like, <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was using my fingers from a very young age inside me. Like I was very self-aware. So this is why I've created toys that are body safe because mm. not all <laughs> items around the house are. Um, I don't know one girl <laughs> who hasn't used the end of her hairbrush, to be honest. Like I did a post on my Instagram. I've never used the end of a hairbrush. Okay. So there That's you go. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Deodorant cans. Oh my God. I've heard of everything. I saw, um, I saw one girl on your stories. This is like months ago about like the YooHoo glue stick. Yes. Oh yeah. Anyway, I didn't use that, but it's basically anything phallic. So Mm. I am really passionate about creating toys that are yeah, really hygienic and body safe. So this is the, um, crescent and it's not as long as the cervix serpent, but it is a, just a perfect kind of crescent shape. Um, so it follows the natural curve of the vagina. You've got a smaller end with a ball. For those who can't see it, it looks like a smile. Yeah. And it's got a large, two bulbous ends. One's a little bit bigger, one's a little bit smaller. And you can reach the cervix and draw little circles. This is what I would suggest initially is just to draw a circle around the cervix. Just do five circles. So the the, the whole cervix, if you can trace the cervix. So it's kind of, yeah. all, All the way around, yeah. And then reverse the direction and do five circles the other way. And then what you can do is just press the end of the dildo on the cervix and 
with this, I would wait a couple of minutes. So pressing pressure, gentle pressure on the, the nose or the, the end of the cervix and just notice how it feels. For some women, it might feel, you know, painful. For other women, it might feel completely numb. For other women, it might be like, oh, that feels really good. I want it a bit deeper. Or I want to actually do some like bounces on the cervix, like um, little pulses with the wand on the cervix. So just like really give all your presence and awareness for at least 15 minutes to the cervix. And then you can start to feel more blood flow, more sensation in that space. I would also use a yoni egg, you know, three times a week for a few months at least, well, forever, like until, until you want to stop using them when in your late nineties or something. Um, but start using the yoni egg consistently to, you know, really bring the sensation and um, blood flow to the space. Mm. Sometimes I actually feel my yoni egg. I wear it to bed at the moment. I'm wearing it to bed daily. And um, I, I feel it sits on that edge where you were saying to press the um, like the bulbous end of, you know, the crystal wand um, or your fingers or whatever it might be. I actually feel that the yoni egg actually sits there. Yeah. Um, for me. Yeah. It rests there. And actually there's kind of like the better word. <coughs> there's almost like a bit of a cavity right at the end of the vagina. So as you put your fingers in the vagina, the skin of the vagina um, like the superficial tissue touches. So it's not like an empty canal, like what we think it is. It's, it's kind of touching together, but as you go in, there is a space, like a bit of a cavity um, area just around the cervix that is a little bit more open. And so the egg, that's where the egg sits. It's like so because you've got a yoni egg. Yeah, that's what it's like. And the egg rests there and nestles around. And as you do your yoga, or as you do your Kegels, or even as you sleep, it is pressing on that tissue, which of course is going to make it a little bit more awake and alive and sensitized. Um, so that would be another key to having a cervical orgasm is, is exploring with your yoni egg. Even if you can't feel it in there, it's still working. Mm, that's the benefit <laughs> of just yeah. having a yoni egg. A lot of women will say, I can't feel it inside me. Is it still working? And it absolutely is. Like, even if you can't feel it in you, and that doesn't mean to wear it for 12 hours throughout the day, because if you wear it for too long, you will fatigue your muscles and the pelvic floor will get kind of tired and eject the egg. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're just using it for 30 minutes to a couple of hours and, or even like, as you said, as you sleep, you'll notice that you'll wake up quite juicy and lubricated just from having the egg in there. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you notice your dream state goes a bit crazy when I can't wear my egg to bed anymore. Cause I just have the most intense dreams. I've, um, I've haven't been sleeping that well recently just with change of COVID and yoga studios and booking yoga in the middle of the night and all that stuff. So anyway, I've, I've been taking a break. It's a long story. But I've been taking a break, um, from that booking structure of the, my, my, my normal yoga studio so I can re reclaim my sleep cycle and I've been Mm. using the yoni egg to help with that and I've definitely noticed that with the whole sleep stuff and it's funny like when I take the yoni egg out in the morning when I go to yoga so yoga's at like 6am I wake up early I'm a I think I'm too wet to go go, (laughs) I need to wear I need to wear black yoga tights today just in case um know the feeling I just love the yoni egg experience um All right. So back to the cervix, a couple more things. You've given so many tips, Rosie, before we wrap up about how women can, I guess, connect with their cervix and understand their cervix. But I think a topic that is good to just cover briefly is about the emotion that the cervix might hold and de-armoring the cervix. 
Mm. So you were saying before about tapping, you know, or holding or placing or resting, you know, something at the, at the edge or the end of the cervix. I would be so interested for women to just check in emotionally. If you do that for five minutes, like, well, what emotions are coming up? It's kind of like doing that really hard, no, I shouldn't say hard, but challenging posture in yoga where you're really getting into your butt, you know, muscles and you're stretching them and you're like, oh, all these emotions come up and anger and rage. And you just want to get out of it. Like what's coming up for you there? So let's talk about de-armoring and, you know, what is de-armoring? with the cervix and is there any core emotions linked to the cervix and then how could a woman work to release and relax the cervix to welcome in maybe a cervical orgasm? Mm. Sorry, three big so, questions in one. No, that's fine. You might need to remind me of some of them. Um, de-armoring is just that. So it's removing armor or, you know, chipping away or yeah, really kind of releasing with the intention to release armor. And when I say armor, you know, for me, I think of blocks, I think of pain. I feel, I feel like uh, armor can be anything that hardens you, that numbs you, that disconnects you, that disassociates you from whatever body part. So in this, um, we're talking about the cervix. So de-armoring the cervix is bringing gentle pressure, maybe firm pressure for some people, um, bringing movement, massage, intention like your presence to that space and de-armoring is like it's the most like it's really it's not um you know aggressive or anything like that it's a very gentle process of pressing on a segment inside the vagina so a segment of the cervix pressing on that space holding breathing making sound and then seeing underneath all of that, that that's when the emotion comes up mm. and being okay with whatever emotion arises in that moment. It can be sadness, grief, resentment, anger. I remember having a yoni massage from somebody who was pressing in this, you know, looking back on it now, probably a bit too firmly on my cervix, but I, I, and I did say that's really hard and he kept it very hard. And I, I feel like I wish I had the confidence in myself at the time to say, no, that's too hard for me, please release. But on the contrary, when he did release, that's when the flood of emotions came out of my body. So I don't recommend going as hard as, as he went. I would say take it much slower and more gentle, but when you release, the wand, the finger, whatever you're using from the space, that's when the emotions will likely arise. And just notice, notice where your mind, so when you're de-armoring, notice where your thoughts go or if there's a memory or some, a vision that pops really up crazy. into your mind out of nowhere. You know, I had this happen once when I was self-pleasuring, de-armoring, um, although that's very different things, but it started with de-armoring first. De-armoring whilst self-pleasuring. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turned into more of an orgasmic experience, but I definitely didn't have that. Because you de-armored? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <coughs> and I had this guy's face pop into my head. Couldn't even remember his name. I knew he was from Ireland and I knew around the era. So when I was, you had a sexual experience. Yeah. yeah. And um, his face popped into my memory 
it's like my yoni's memory. It wasn't even my brain memory. Yeah, it was my point. vagina's memory. And she was pissed. Mm. My, I, I was like, oh my God, I have not thought about him in 10 years. Like literally, why would he pop up? And so I, I kept it there. It was quite hard to, to not just sweep. Like, like oh, I want to stop now. But I was like, okay, what's underneath that? You know, where, how did he disrespect me? He was too aggressive and too hard at the time with um, the sex that we were having. And so I worked with that energy and I forgave myself for not standing up for myself. I forgave him. It was a beautiful experience and I let it go. And I haven't thought about him since. So it, it is interesting just to see notice if there is um this is and can i just say this is self-led healing so be self-responsible i don't i'm not saying do this in replace of therapy i feel like if you have had ptsd if you've had traumatic experiences go to a counselor a therapist a psych who is specialized in that specifically around sexual trauma but if you want to alongside that do some healing self-led healing and you're okay with if there is things that are going to pop into your mind and sit with that, breathe through that, emote, like emote that, release that through your mouth, then, you know, it can be a very phenomenal, powerful experience that you're releasing these stuck emotions from your pussy through the art of de-armoring. I just want to say like a long inhale and exhale for everybody yeah. listening is that we all hold on to things and we've all had bad experiences we've all had amazing experiences in all different aspects of our lives but with emotion it's so easy to judge ourselves for it and then not want to feel into the emotion because it's fucking scary to look into resentment or scary to look into anger because you don't want to bring it back up but I like to think of it like when you've got like a tight trap or shoulder and you need to go and get a massage Mm. is that you know the masseuse or whoever's manipulating it your osteo your chiro your physio you know they're going to manipulate and press on that point kind of like de-armoring in your cervix or in your yoni for whatever area is that they're going to press on that point and allow you to breathe breathe into it bring energy to that space and release it and if you don't if you if you're like oh it's too hard and you kind of pull away you're still going to have that tension there mm. So as much as it's challenging and hard and confronting, sitting through uncomfortability can quite often bring comfort. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing that on your own, fantastic. And I, I praise you for doing that because it's a journey not a lot of people take. And getting your part, if you are with a partner, <clears throat> get them to do a yoni massage on you. You know, this is, this is something that, and it's not goal oriented. It's not orgasmic driven. It is for healing purely for therapeutic healing purposes. So, you know, make sure when you finish the yoni massage that it's finished and that you separate it from a sexual experience. Um, but having your partner massage your yoni, massage your breasts, your yoni, and then, you know, inside gradually moving up to the cervix. Um, there's lots of courses and I've got a few on my website that um, people can check out uh, for Yoni Massage. And I talk about it in the Golden Yoni membership. I was about to say, um, I'm, I'm in the Golden, um, the Golden Yoni membership group. And yeah, there is so much stuff in there. So if you're wanting to learn more about specific videos, whether it's a 10 minute guided practice for this or a 30 minute guided practice for that with explanations, Rosie has so many fantastic videos. You can just literally, as soon as you join, I'm like the biggest advocate. As soon as you join, there's like a whole library of things. Um, um, it kind of, it's kind of like 
for those who know what the World Women Academy is, the, the academy is all about, you know, everything for your menstrual cycle, whereas the Golden Yoni group is everything for orgasm, sexual experience, um, you know, breast, yoni, you name it, everything for the yoni is in there. So yeah. um, it's everything in one, in one place. You can binge listen to your heart's content yeah. um, or your yoni's content, I should say. Yeah, that's true. Rosie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, let's wrap it up with a final question. Um, is there anything else you would like to share before I ask you a final question? Oh, it's, yeah, I, I'm doing a, a, an actual, not like a demo. I feel like I want to be able to do a demo, like an actual demonstration on how you do this. <laughs> Maybe I'll get an OnlyFans account soon. Um, but I'm actually doing an, a guided um, video this week using the Cervix Serpent Pleasure Wand, not on myself, but on my hand. And I'm taking you through step by step so that you can listen to the audio or the video actually um, and do it whilst I'm talking about it. So that's something that um, will be in the Golden Yoni this week. That's like having a coach in the bedroom with you. Well, that's right. You know, you have coaches for health. You have coaches for freaking everything. Why not? You need one for your sex life. Sometimes, not all the time, but um, it definitely helps. It does. And I always say with coaching experiences with, you know, women that I look to work with or are looking to work with me is that a coach can see in you what you yet can't see in yourself. And so when it comes to like a sex coach or relationship coach, which you are both, is that if you're looking to improve your sexual experience in any way, whatever that might be for you, wherever you are on your journey, is that having someone who's where you aren't yet can help bring you closer towards that particular part of your journey. So yeah, I love the group. So I agree with that. And women who've had a coaching session with me have literally squirted or had a cervical orgasm the next day. So that just goes to show that that proves, you know, the more you spend time with or talk about these things, the more it likely, you know, what words hold power. Exactly. What you talk about bring is, is kind of going to be drawn to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Rosie. All right. Final question is I normally ask the question about like, what are three guiding tips that you would give to your younger menstruating self, but what are three guiding tips that you would give and I've already asked you that question. So this is the new one. What are three guiding tips you would give to a woman who is looking to enhance her orgasmic experience? (sighs) I would say start to build a relationship with your yoni. And when I say a relationship, it doesn't have to initially be a sexual relationship, but I mean, a relationship where you touch her, where you're conscious of what you're putting inside you for your menstrual cycle, um, where you're, you know, just like you would maybe sit out in the sun to get some vitamin D for your face, maybe do that for your yoni, like start to open your legs to the sun and give her some vitamin D, maybe start to yoni steam um, her, you know, once or twice throughout the month with beautiful organic herbs. Um, build a relationship, like check in with her when she's more aroused, when she like have a yoni diary, literally like describing your cervix, the fluid, the, the discharge that you're experiencing, the level of turn on um, your. I always immense- write that in my, in my menstrual cycle tracker. Yeah, always. absolutely. And use that, that tracker book to really tune into how your yoni is feeling every day. Just like you tune into your heart or your head, you know, we, for me, I mean, I talk about this all the time. We have three centers, 
we have lots of centers and lots of chakras, but three main predominant centers that I check in with every day, which is my yoni, my heart, and my head. And, you know, it's really important that we, like in coaching sessions, I get women a lot of the time to cup their yoni and ask her questions. So I'll, I'll be talking to them and ask, ask them questions to ask their yoni. And the most interesting things will come out of their mouth. They're like, whoa, 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 I had no idea that was even there. It's almost like Pandora's box. But when you touch, when you just cup the yoni and connect with her and check in with how she's feeling day to day, that of course you're going to become more in tune and orgasmic with yourself, with a partner. I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just laughing to myself because every day without fail, that's how I start my day in bed. I sleep naked. Um, and like literally I'll just wake up and you know, I don't even know what time it is. And I'll just always spend five to 15 minutes cupping my yoni and just checking Mm. in with myself. So that's so beautiful. And yeah, that's, that's, I've been doing that since I was a little kid as well. It was like comforting. Mm. And before you put your yoni egg in, cup your yoni, check in, see if she's open to receiving it. Like just before you put anything in your yoni, just like you'd put anything, something in your mouth for your taste buds and to eat and to digest, like really check in with yourself with what you're putting inside your body and wait and, and see if it's a yes or a no. And, you know, yeses can become noes and noes can become yeses, but it's really important that you know your yoni's boundaries and yeah, like there are so many things, but that, I mean, definitely just building a relationship with your yoni. That alone is just the best. And there's so many ways you can do that too. So Rosie, thank you so much for joining us again for this, this beautiful little mini series about getting to know orgasms. Um, how can everybody find you? I know we've already mentioned the golden um, Yoni membership, which there is a link in the show notes to this episode, but what are the best ways for our listeners to kind of connect with you? If they want to be like, Oh, who's this Yoni queen? (laughs) Follow (laughs) me on Instagram, rosie.reese, R-E-E-S. Yoni underscore pleasure underscore palace is my other Instagram. Um, And then yonipleasurepalace.com, rosiereese.com. And if you want to come to a new yoga workshop, nakedawakening.com.au. Amazing. All the links will be in the show notes as they always are. And if you would like to look and become, I guess, inquisitive about the tools that Rosie has shared in this episode um, over on the Yoni Pleasure Palace, there are links and a discount code in the show notes too. But Rosie, thank you so much for taking your time out to join us and talk all things saucy and (laughs) orgasmic with me thank you Gemma I've loved it thank you so much thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the well women podcast I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did if you got a lot out of it too please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app this means together we can inspire connect and educate even more women now is there a bestie a sister or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too well take a screenshot of this podcast episode share it on your social media email it text it or any way you need to get it to their ears so together we can all live in flow harmony and balance with our bodies and be sure to tag me in it too hashtag well women podcast for everything we mentioned in today's episode you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast until next time beautiful get connected listen to your body and remember Body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.